from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. Harry is eating M&M's. It looks really weird. Okay, are we ready? Everybody ready? It's... <laughs> it's a Tiny House Podcast, and I'm choking on my spit. This is Perry. <laughs> this is Michelle, and you're not choking on spit. You're choking on M&M's. <laughs> This is Mark. This episode brought to you by M&M's, the <laughs> chocolate candy that melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Very good. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> What's happening? We're in the dirty <laughs> south today. That's Atlanta. No, um, we're looking forward to the dirty south. I just got my my uh, my itinerary yesterday. You did? I did. Say hi to um, Outcast for me. Okay. With a K. Yeah. Oh, Mark. I know. Damn. I know. Impressing a brother. <laughs> <laughs> How far away is Decatur, Decatur from <laughs> Stone Mountain? I don't actually remember going to Stone Mountain because oh. it was the, it was the, it was the w- when I, no, because when <laughs> I was there, the KKK had a little bastion around that area. So us Ooh. brothers stayed away from that part. Apparently. Around How Stone far? Mountain? Yeah. Hmm. How far is Decatur from Atlanta? Uh, what would you, s- what would you say, Will, about 40 minutes by drive? No, it's six Short? miles east. <laughs> <laughs> but the traffic is bad. My brother, my younger brother, before he passed, used to drive to downtown from, um, I can't remember where he was, but it was not far, much farther hmm. from Decatur, and it hmm. would take him a long time to get down there. Well, let's just say traffic in Atlanta has a nice um, time lapse. You get into your car, and you basically take a long time to get anywhere now. So... <laughs> Because you're sipping lemonade and <laughs> Arnold gin, Palmer's. gin and juice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, we haven't introduced our guest, <laughs> but we've already started talking with him. <laughs> How's that? Um, Will is, <coughs> excuse me, Will is, I'm still choking on that M&M. Will is uh, affiliated, probably the founder, I presume. Of Correct. Thank you. Fil- just introduce yourself, Will. Go for it. Should I, do you want me to do like in a radio voice or how do you want me to like, ladies and gentlemen, this there is Will Johnston, the executive director of Tiny House Atlanta. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so Will, are you, are you from Atlanta? I am not. I'm actually from West by God, Virginia. <laughs> Why by God? <laughs> That's just how we say it. West Virginia, West by God, Virginia. How did you end up in, are you, are you in Virginia now or are you in Atlanta? I'm in Atlanta. How did you get there? I mean, um, I, wait a minute. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. By car. Yeah, actually. I know. I knew that was coming. What was what were the circumstances that had you move from West Virginia to Atlanta? Um, let's see the circumstances. Picture it. 2003. I was just finishing a year of teaching English in Thailand. I didn't want to stay in Asia, and I decided to do something crazy and just move to a giant city like Atlanta. Wow. Giant, Wha- um, bigger what than what I'm used to. Y- well, yeah. yeah, Atlanta's huge. I mean, it's got an international airport. Yeah, um, we're the biggest. Mm. What? What? Are you the biggest? Yeah, we're the busiest and the biggest. Wow. Hmm. That's well, maybe it's not the biggest, but we're the busiest. You're the busiest for I've, sure. Yeah. We have the most people come through Atlanta mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. You got that Delta hub down there. Hey y'all, how you doing? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome to the United States of America. <laughs> Get her done. 
<laughs> Are you familiar with that sh- that show called Atlanta? I think it's on HBO. It might be on Showtime. What show? Um, Atlanta. I oh. have heard of it. I am not much of a TV watcher, but, you know, more of a Netflix and chill kind of guy. But, uh, sure, I've heard of it. Okay. I was just wondering if there was a way to get your um, get tiny houses on that show. It'd be an interesting. Uh, you know what? New, new goal. I'll, I'll work right. on that. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you come about becoming the executive director of the upcoming festival? Well, it, that's a fascinating tale. And I <laughs> guess since I'm on the phone right now, I get to tell it to yes, you. Yes, you do. <laughs> Picture it. 2013. I was doing everything society wanted me to do. I had the job. I had the car. I had the condo. I had the life. I had the nightlife. I was having a fantastic time. Yet... I was dead inside. And so I said, you know what? Things need to change. I didn't know what needed to change, but I knew I needed a change. So I decided to do the thing that no one really does, but they always dream of doing, is quitting your job, selling most of your stuff, and just getting on a plane and leaving. (laughs) So I quit my job, and it was like the longest resignation in history. It was like over three months. They're like, (laughs) you can quit but could you leave in December? I'm like, okay, (laughs) sure. So um, I quit my corporate job, sold my brand new car, sold lots of things, gave stuff to Goodwill and just became an automatic minimalist. And I went backpacking and working on vineyards in New Zealand. Wow. So from Thailand to it, wh- wh- when did this happen? 2003, you said? 13. Well, 2003 Thir- was, 2002 and 2003 was Thailand. This was 2013, so add 10 years. And you were in Atlanta um, at that time or somewhere yes, else? Yes, I've been in Atlanta for 12 years almost. Okay. So you landed to in Atlanta from Thailand and then you shot out again to New Zealand. Yes. And I was in New Zealand backpacking, working on vineyards for like three months, you know, finding my soul and mm. finding who I am and asking myself, you know, where random questions of why do I exist? What's the purpose of this? <laughs> All that fun stuff to make you really ponder and stare at like pools of water and tranquility. <laughs> so, uh, so after three months of drinking a lot of Pinot Noir, um, I decided, all right, you know, three months in New Zealand was awesome. Let's go back and figure out what, what next is. And I came back to Atlanta and I kind of bopped around with friends and, and I started seeing come across uh, my newsfeed tiny house stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. I've already been in, interested in, like, container homes and other alternative styles of housing. And so, like, the idea of living differently or living in a, in a different type of space was already planted in my head. But with the tiny house movement kept popping up in my the articles I was reading and minimalism and downsizing, I'm like, this is fascinating. How do I do this? And so... I decided instead of just doing more research, I wanted to get people together. And I came across meetup.com, which obviously you guys probably know yeah. is a great resource to get people with like-minded ideas together. And on January, no, not January, July 14th of 2014, I was the first tiny house Atlanta event on meetup. and. Wow. I had the original 11 show up at a bar in <laughs> Little Five Points. Five Points? And we, five Points. We, five. Little Five Points is the fun spot. Like, you know, where all the tattoos, bong shops, mm-hmm. you know, random fun bars are. Mm-hmm. And, um, Make a note of it. I got to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to go okay, there. Okay, note it. Go there. Um, 
And so, you know, we just started talking. Of course, like you had some real estate investors show up. You had some people who just wanted to understand what this movement was. And, and that's really just started the snowball effect. And um, so 2014, I just kept hosting monthly meetups of talking like, what does this mean? What can we do? What can we do right now? And finding subject matter experts to come talk to my group. And now, um, fast forward two and a half years, I think we're at 1,700 meetup members, which I think we're wow. still the largest education and advocacy group um, on meetup anyways. I, I don't know how you can judge it otherwise, but uh, for the tiny house movement, like solely dedicated just to for the education and outreach wow. of helping people understand, helping governments embrace and municipalities see how they can strategically use the tiny house movement to benefit communities so um it's been it's been an amazing journey because you know uh, we try to host monthly meetups and we try to find subject matter experts and then suddenly you realize you're an expert because you're reading about this and you're interacting with people so much and you're osmosing all of this amazing information and so two and a half years later um you know we held a successful decatur tiny house festival last year um, you know, we had like 23, uh, again, we're really, we're really focusing on how the tiny house movement can really affect the metropolitan cities of the nation of the United States. Um, obviously, uh, you know, there's basically what we're getting into is innovative housing. Like what, what are cities not embracing or what can cities open up in regards to zoning and codes and laws and regulations to allow a more walkable, sustainable life utilizing micro living. And so um, it's it's been fascinating just to see the uh, interaction and reaction of government and public and just the, the local community of wanting this movement. So what is, um, <clears throat> so you're, you're looking at this urban area, this huge urban area. I imagine that the, the challenges and the solutions and the broadness of, of how you're thinking about those is much different than someplace rural. Um, yes. So what, what kind well, of things are you looking at? The big thing, well, rural, metro, or urban or rural, you're still going to have to deal with stigma. Um, that's, I think that's one of our biggest challenges of people just already kind of saying they have defined what they think the tiny house movement means to them instead of actually understanding what it could do. So rural or urban, that, that we're fighting the same fight there. But metropolitan, um, in a metropolitan urban setting, you know, you're, you have to describe the tiny house movement in different ways. You know, being able to use accessory dwelling units, carriage houses, um, looking at uh, non-conforming lots to be able to build tiny house uh, on foundation, um, tiny houses on foundation. So it's really bringing solutions to and, and seeing how we can embrace it and show people how we can embrace it in different ways instead of just saying, oh, why don't you just put another McMansion there? That'd be great. Great idea. Good. Let me – so so the my, – my experience of Atlanta, and it's dated, but it's – um there are a lot of McMansions down there. Oh, yeah. And a lot of McMansions. And I don't know who's buying them. Well, I really don't. Well, I'm just like, where are these – jobs coming from yeah and because um you know decatur itself is well and what's why we did our decatur tiny house festival you're allowed to build a tiny house on foundation in decatur the land are? is expensive but they as a city are working towards 
um, you know, workforce housing, creating a, a diverse, walkable, sustainable community. You know, they are they are taking the challenge to face it head on to make sure everyone is welcome instead of just a certain level of income. So what and do, that's what. Go so, ahead. Sorry. What does what does the. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Atlanta mostly black? Yes. OK. So what is uh, what's the uptake in that part of the world? Are, are, are black people really looking at this thing? Yes. I mean, we have, you know, with our Decatur Tiny House Festival, we did a survey. We had about a thousand people take it. And I was like, cool, I'm going to be able to understand what the Atlanta regional tiny houser looks like. And the issue is I can't. It's all age groups. It's every race. And I thought it was going to be millennials and retirees. And no, it's everyone in between. So, you know, I have, you know, like, you know, Jewel Pearson, you know, she came down and spoke at our tiny house festival and she had a huge group she talked to and they were uh, dominantly black and, and, and with her talk. So like there is a huge interest of that downsizing, you know, and there is there is the, the also kind of uh, the, the talk of I had some people say, well, you know what, we're working towards being successful in another way. And that means a bigger house and bigger stuff and a lot more stuff. And you know what, that's to each their own. I, I don't think that can be defined. If you want success, meaning um, more space, more stuff, then go for it. But with the way I'm talking about this, I just want to make sure that tiny houses are seen as an, a legitimate viable option of housing in a metropolitan city like Atlanta. I'm not telling people that everyone needs to live in a tiny house. I'm just saying I want to make sure people see it as a viable option wherever they are in life, whether they're starting off in the middle or retiring. So it's, you know, I, I don't know to be able to speak to just one demographic. I mean, it's to each their own. I get it. And, and theoretically, in a metropolitan area like Atlanta, the more people that are willing to live in a tiny house, the more space there is for the McMansion wanters. True, but <laughs> you've got to, I mean, you got to look at the zoning, you got to look at the land usage, um, you know, and be creative. But I think it's also teaching people you don't need that much space to be happy. If that's, if, if, if putting yourself in debt for a huge house, just so you have to stay at a job you might not like, but to pay for a life that you don't really need, yeah, you know, it, it just, it baffles me. I, I just see so many people that are miserable and I'm like, well, why not do something about it? And they're like, well, I like my life. I'm like, but yet you just said you didn't. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. The thing I find Denial just ain't in Egypt, you know? That's what I say. Speaking of our last conversation. Yeah. Hey, um, the one thing I'm really fascinated by this story is the timeline. Um, just about the time that you were having your first meetup group, I was also uh, pulling my uh, my my flatbed of my tiny house into my driveway and preparing to build. And I thought I have had kind of a whirlwind experience with the tiny house movement, but I wasn't in the process of building a business. Um, you've built a really, really successful business out of this venture as well. So you want to talk about how you sort of forayed my fancy word of the day, <laughs> how you forayed your, this, this aha moment into your, your new career path. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, the, the tiny house movement has provided me a job, a partner, um, <laughs> and basically my life. It, it's really crazy that, like, you know, when people say if you follow your dreams, things will just follow 
place. I'm like, that's bullshit. Oh, can I say shit? Yeah, I don't you can. You can. Can I say you, that? Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes. Can, bleep that. Bleep that out. Beep, beep. No, no, no. Actually, we have an E rating. Actually, we have an E rating. That so all everything. of our yeah, all of our guests w- can expect anything and everything when it comes to listening to our show and have. <laughs> okay, well that's fun. Um, <laughs> so the t- the tiny house movement. I, I mean, honestly, you know, when when I quit. I mean, don't get me wrong, just like any entrepreneur doing anything, there's the fear and anxiety of failure. And, you know, you know, when I, when I walked into my old boss's office and I just said, I'm quitting, and they say, why? I'm like, because I'm going to go backpack and drink wine in New Zealand. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was like the most, you know, adrenaline rush type feeling of not telling your boss off, but saying I'm quitting because I can and you can't do anything. <laughs> and then walking out of that, and then the email going out to the entire company to everyone saying, what the hell, I hate you, I want to be you, and all that fun <laughs> stuff. And then, and then the reality of me going home that night crying in a fetal position, freaking thinking I just ruined my life. So, so, so you take that, you know, high and low of one day, and then, you know, the, the, the high and low of putting... The, a successful festival together in under two months. I mean, that was ridiculous, but it was amazing. Um, because Atlanta has, Atlanta is a different type of city to live in as well. In, you know, you, you go to New York, you go to an LA, you go to a Chicago, uh, and I, I feel like there's a thousand voices yelling the same thing, and they're all kind of like the lobster pot theory where, you know, if one person starts climbing, someone's going to pull you down. And Atlanta, I feel, is this, this, this cultivating hub of, of incubation and allowing people to say, you know what, I believe in this, and I'm going to talk about this. And then suddenly you get support, and you're able to start to grow. Now, don't get me wrong. I definitely have my, my background is in event marketing and communication, and I used to work for a lar- uh, the largest media company in the area so i have a lot of contacts and you could probably tell by me interacting with you i'm kind of a social person yeah um kind of a big deal i'm I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say that no we just said it it, wasn't it will ferrell or something that said that in a movie right i don't know yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind um, of a big deal. <laughs> um, so, so it's like, and I know now, now, like people recognize me from my tattoo on my arm. They're like, "You're the tiny house guy." I'm like, "Oh, that's neat." You know, <laughs> my name, but you know my tattoo. That's interesting. So, um, I even too just had a a random person email me uh, soliciting for a potential date, and I'm like, "Huh, that's interesting." Through what? So anyway, through what context? Through my email, just an email. But but how did they through the tiny house movement? He's talking about me. Well, they they saw <laughs> a video that I did. They saw a video I did for the Redream Project for uh, public broadcasting. Uh-huh. Um, I'll send you the link. But I I guess they found me and then send me an email of like, hi, how are you? Well, I've been having I'm twenty Russian girls nine. a day like, doing great. that. <laughs> This is interesting. So, it's it's like the this is I guess one of the f- the uh, ugly sides of being a celebrity. I know uh, so much attention. <laughs> but you said you do have a partner, I hide right? In my tiny house. You have a partner um, now. Uh, say that again. You said you do have a partner now. The tiny house movement brought you your I, partner. Yeah, I actually met him at my tiny house festival. Do you two live in a tiny house? No. In a tiny condo. 
that's, that's still tiny. Yeah. And, and um, what does he think of the movement? He loves it. He's an architect. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, has he designed a tiny house yet? Huh? Has he designed a tiny house yet? Not yet. Does he I'm want to? I'm working on that. Yeah. What kind of stuff does he design? Um, High-rise condos. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So he's familiar with small spaces. Yeah. So that's fun. Very cool. How long have you guys been together? Six months. How did, how did he find you through the movement? Did he come to a meeting or something? No, he came to my tiny house festival. He just said that. Oh, did he say it? Oh, yeah. sorry. No, it's oh, okay. That's okay. Perry's in a sugar coma. Are you not understanding <laughs> the words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually the M&M's going into my mouth. <clears throat> um, well, very cool. Um, so are you... I forgot the original qu- question. Th- I've kind of veered off topic. How did you foray your newfound interest in tiny houses into the business? He pretty so, much answered that. Well, I mean, so right now we are becoming a 501c3. Um, so we are becoming a nonprofit, but it's the idea. Well, it just kept growing. The idea that people are looking for this information, they are looking for guidance on how to, on where to, on can I, and what tiny house Atlanta is becoming is not necessarily the answer to everything, but a source for the next steps and also working with the governments to have those questions, those those conversations and introduce them to potential next steps for their um, their policy changes. Their uh, you know adding appendixes for incorporating tiny house living into their area. So we're becoming a force that allows people to utilize and um, you know educate themselves from. So what really launched us as an actual business was our festival um sitting with sitting with the, the city of decatur you know we're talking about them just saying hey what are you doing with tiny houses and then they said well you know you can build a tiny house here and we all just went what <laughs> <laughs> and then that's where the, they were like well yeah we're trying to get the education out and, and then the whole idea was like well how do we do that and they're like well let's do a festival by the way you have to do it in a month and a half and i'm like oh my gosh so we, I mean, we were able to pull off a successful tiny house festival metropolitan-wise. And it's like, again, we're, we're focused on the mission of how do you successfully incorporate space utilization in a metropolitan city? It's interesting. Uh, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's interesting that, that um, this opportunity um, came together around you, who happens to have this massive background in this type of thing. And right. added to that the personal passion to actually put energy into it to make it happen. How, how are you, who's paying you to do this work? So that's, uh, we actually charged um, admission for our tiny house festival. And we sold a lot of tickets. And <laughs> that has given us a base to, I, I, don't get me wrong, I've been doing this pro bono for about two years. And then I was able to finally pay myself you know, after the festival last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right now it's, um, you know, it's it's that income that is keeping me going. But then we are working on potentially a lot more events, different fundraisers, and, um, and also looking for, you know, those sponsors that want to be involved in this movement that are, are ready to back us financially through through a year-long sponsorship. Well, it's interesting, the... the 
there's this opportunity in the movement where wherever there's a lot of concentrated focus on this issue, there's an opportunity for someone like you to become someone like you and do the things that you're doing in their community. And and the timing yes. is really the timing is really important because there's only probably going to be one person that can do that kind of thing. Well, one person regionally. Or well, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's I what I mean. One yeah. person regionally. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a good, um, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of festivals, but I also want those festivals to really focus on, you know, what's the point of the festival? You know, you know, for me, I really want I make sure I invite all uh, municipalities, uh, councilmen. I'm, I'm, I try to invite the government. I try to invite people who need to see and interact with these amazing tiny spaces to show and educate them that this is a real way that people can live because they don't believe it. We have, we've been dealing with, you know, biases. We're, we've been dealing with just, you know, they think all tiny wheel, tiny houses are on wheels when we're like, well, no, a tiny house can be on foundation as well. And here's, here's our renderings. Here's our, you know, here's our plan, but they still see it as a quote unquote trailer park. And yeah. that's, again, all of us are working on that stigma to huh. abolish it and try to say, no, these are well-built crafted homes that people can live 365 days around the year in and be a successful and be play a part of, of, of the community and, and just be successful. Because I, I, I gave a talk to um, Keep Georgia Beautiful uh, in December and I had a father and my talk was like, you know, I, uh, and I brought our tiny house there. You know, again, people need to see, feel, touch, good quality craftsmanship of, of tiny house. They need to understand space utilization. They need to see the fact that and have that aha moment themselves. Now, and that's what's great, the, the festivals around the nation are, but also we need to be careful to not also bring in a stigma around, you know, alternative housing because I don't want people to get away from the idea of not being a part of the community. Yeah. I don't want people to get a, an idea that they don't have to pay taxes because they have they are homesteading or off grid. I need people to realize we are still a part, very much part of this world and very much part of our different government and communities, and they need to do their part. So it's that whole idea of making sure, yes, you live in your tiny house or you live in a certain uh, uh, tiny house on foundation, but they need to step up and still play a big part of their community instead of just saying, oh, we're on our own little land, we're away from everyone and so on and so forth. I mean, obviously that's not gonna be a role for everyone, but that's what I try to educate my group on is like, like, don't just think you're gonna be on your own. Like you have to find a way to bring positive reinforcement with this movement because there still is a lot of negative stigma around it. So you say you don't live in a tiny house, when you, but you said a few, like two minutes ago that you, you showed them your tiny house. Yes, we have a, a tiny house. It was built by a traveler up in Wisconsin. Um, it's kind of, I guess you could say it might be the mascot of Tiny House Atlanta. Um, Georgia Tiny Rentals um, allows us to use it for, um, you know, display. And we've had it at different events throughout 2016, hmm. starting with an Earth Day event in April of last year. Interesting. Now, don't get me wrong. I've stayed in it, but... Tiny houses are not allowed within the metropolitan city. They're still seen as RVs. You're not allowed to live in an RV for more than 30 days. 
and we're we're not apt to keep moving it every 30 days just to live in a different spot what is so sorry what is the um what is the the oddest space utilization solution that you've seen so far in conversations about space utilization in the metropolitan area when you define an oddest so like like what do you mean by odd well so you talked about i think you talked about adus and granny flats or or something like that Mm -hmm. but um like for example in texas i know or we know that there's a, a firm um uh, throwing out this prototype called a casita, which is basically a, a square fish Lego bowl. container yeah, system. That fits right. y- have you yeah. seen those? Yeah, I actually have seen those. Okay. Um, and and I, I welcome, but that's just it. Um, Atlanta is very traditional. Yeah. So back in the day, you could have your carriage houses, and then they outlawed them. Oh, really? So, um, so you're not... But some, unless you're grandfathered in into different zones, to different areas, different neighborhoods of Atlanta. So, um, again, Atlanta housing is very traditional. You know, you have your 1920s, 30s bungalows in different areas that people have blown off the roof and built up to, you know, very uh, McMansion modern uh, right now. But, uh, you know, as far as odd, you know, I, I've seen container homes. Um, there is a, a, man, a gentleman in Old Fourth Ward in downtown, near downtown Atlanta has these amazing container homes. Um, but, you know, they're still, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 square feet. There's like four of them stacked together. Oh, okay. And so, you know, the, you know, but also back in the day, we, we built houses differently. Like, you know, in the 20s and 30s, you're still looking at 1,000 square feet for a huge family. So you've got a bunch of those in different areas. I mean, even in Cabbage Town, which is a, a mill area, a, a mill housing, you know, the smallest house starts at 592 square feet. So we're wanting to do like a tour of homes with those because those are over 100 years old and they're historically preserved yeah. and they can't change them. Hmm. So you've got this variety of, of housing that's in Atlanta that was already tiny. And, um, you know, with the carriage houses, with, with the ADUs, a lot of people have those, you know, in-law suite apartment above the garage. But, you know, it's extra money and extra variances to get some of those passed depending on where you are in the city. What do you think about um, tiny houses for the homeless? Um, I think it's a, I think homeless yeah. need a bigger solution than just tiny homes. Um, I like, uh, I, I think it can work. And I think what they did in Salt Lake City, Utah, where they just built them an, an entire apartment complex and boom, they're off the street. So the average homeless person, it costs $42,000 a year for the government to pay for. And Salt Lake City was able to get them off the street and only pay $12,000 a year for, uh, for, per person and got everyone, all homeless, all homeless off the street. So when people say, oh, tiny houses and homelessness, I'm like, yes, it can happen. But right now, my mission is to make sure it is seen as an entire option across the board. If I focus on one area, then that's all people will hear. And so I, I believe that what we can build is amazing, but I want to also say it can be for everyone. And it's all, also the stigma of saying, if I live in 400 square feet, what do people think about me? Either A, I don't care, or B, oh my gosh, I have an experiential life that's amazing and I'm traveling around the world and I'm loving my life. You know, it, it's, it's, the, it's the perception of what small is 
you go to Japan, you go to Europe, people don't live in their houses. They, they're in small spaces already, but they live outdoors. They live in their parks, in their museums, in their communities. So that's where, so recently I was just got back from Tanzania um, and I was helping abode shelters out of Des Moines, Iowa, build 10 um, structures in 10 days. And actually we were with Ty Pennington, which was a fun trip. Oh, and what, what is that? Ty Pennington um, is a very, very famous HGTV uh, uh, personality. Yeah, oh. extreme home makeover dude, and okay. it was hilarious. Right. I was playing charades with him one night. Oh, my God. It was, it was so much fun. Such um, a fun guy. He's a great guy. And um, so here you have um, the idea of, of getting um, – Actually, you know what? I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? You <laughs> were building houses. We were talking about, <laughs> and not not a solution. We <laughs> were talking about homeless solution. Yeah, homeless solution. <laughs> yeah. And, and all right. So all right. So here you have you know this this great company called Abode Shelters, and you know it's interesting. Tanzania. Oh, I remember my point now. Tanzania, they have community. They the neighbors know each other. They support each other. They're 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 in each other's lives, but they don't have housing. Now, in America, we have housing. We have so much housing, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but we don't have community in some areas. I know people can be like, well, what are you talking about? Some areas have a very strong community. But usually how we work now is, you know, we open up our garage door, we pull out, we go to work, yep. or we go wherever. Don't really see our neighbors, don't really interact. So, But in Africa and in, in Tanzania, they are constantly in each other's lives. So it's the idea of being able to take tiny houses, space utilization, um, intentional neighborhoods, people who want to know their neighbors, people who want a, a stronger community, and being able to build that in America in different ways, in different like pocket neighborhoods to um, tiny house subdivisions, um, things like that. Um, we have a project right now called the Eco Cottages of East Point, uh, epecocottages.com, I believe is the website. And we are building, we are, we are working towards to build 40 tiny houses on foundation. Now we had to work with the government because they didn't want us to go too small. So we ha we are looking at starting at 250 square feet and going up to a thousand square feet for 40 units. And instead of saying, oh, front doors must be street facing and all that other stuff, we are working on being able to use urban planning to create a layout that creates many hamlets within this, uh, this bigger neighborhood layout. So again, it's community inspiration meets privacy meets tiny house community. So, um, but again, it's under the national average of uh, a square footage of a house, which is I think is 2,600 square feet. So you're, the, the biggest house is 1,000, and the smallest we're hoping is gonna be 250. All laid out differently, different, uh, I mean, even the 500 square foot house has um, two bedrooms in it. So what's great is now we have the technology, we have the knowledge of great design and architecture to be able to utilize to build these smaller spaces to make people feel like they have bigger homes, but in in the end they are reducing their footprint ridiculously. So how, how are you how are you funding that project? Uh, private investors. And you have them all on board. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. And this is, is this part of, is this a, uh, um, a an operation t totally or wholly owned by your organization? No, Tiny House Atlanta is an advisor to this project. Oh, I see. 
Very cool. I'm on the website. It looks really good. Are they are the investors kind of traditional real estate people? Is this more of a social venture play for them? Or are they it's techni- more of, I, I would say it's more of a social venture. Um, there people are ready to see um, you know, and what's crazy is we already have a wait list of two hundred and fifty people. And how many homes are there? Forty. 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 Wow. And are the investors are they Wow equity investors or just looking to get a, a some form of a return on their investment? over time um it's more of a a project of you know we want to get this one done right because we plan on doing more cool and it looks like you're selling them yes got it got it so we partnered with a builder jim chapman um homes shout out to jim and um you know you you look at i a lot of the meetups and a lot of the uh, groups that i talk to i have the 55 and older single female come up to me and say, I want a tiny house on foundation. I want a community garden and I want a community center. Um, and that's exactly what the eco cottage at East point does. We have, uh, a, uh, community garden, community center, and you know, you own your house down to the land, but then you collectively own the land together. What do they, what does a person like that pay in HOA fees? Um, we're still working on that. We're trying to keep them again. We're trying to keep it as minimal as possible because, you know, if we're just, we're trying to look at different landscaping that, you know, doesn't require heavy maintenance. And so it's all about really looking at how we can take things away that even though people like, you know, other subdivisions have their tennis courts and pools and whatnot, you know, we would love for the HOA to be like a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's paying for someone to come in and do a quick sweep or that's about it. But then, um, you know, it, it doesn't feel like you're losing an arm and a leg for your HOAs. What is that prototypical female um, when she says those things that she wants? What is she saying she's willing to pay for them? Well, it's a range. I mean, it all depends on location, location, location. You know, um, it all depends on the land and the infra- infrastructure that you have to to install. Um mm-hmm. I think the big elephant in the room sometimes that with our tiny house move, we're, we're thinking that we can spend only $20,000 yes. and, and, and get the world. Yes. And it really doesn't work that way. <laughs> I doesn't. hate to say it. People, you know, you, you see these ha- little tiny houses. Like we posted one from Seattle yesterday that I think is 700 square feet on foundation. And it's $425,000. 700 square feet? Seattle. In Seattle. Wow. Oh, yeah. Their yeah. cottages are just. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they'll have 16 offers probably. Yeah. So it oh, sounds. Yeah. I mean, and you still have to add in the housing market to our, mm-hmm. our, our, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's on wheels, you still have to buy land. You might right. spend only $50,000 for a tiny house on wheels. Where are you going to put it? If you own the land, maybe you got to spend 50000 So that's $110,000, you know, investment to you mm-hmm. that you have to pay for. So I think it's, it's very interesting that sometimes, even though you see the articles of like, I built my tiny house for $10,000 or I did this. So I, I am proud of those people. But I also want to say, majority, if people want to live closer to an urban, walkable, sustainable yeah. community, yeah. they're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. And, and they're not paying for the space. They're paying for the location. Yeah. So um, if you want you know, to be able to walk to restaurants, walk to bars, walk to your grocery store, that's a lifestyle a lot of people are willing to pay a lot of money for. Yeah. And 
if you add in the tiny house on wheels component, we have a number of years to work on to make sure people see that as a viable option for a city like Atlanta. Yeah. Now, now there's talks of, I, I know people have it for Airbnb and some other stuff like that. Again, they're, they're within their legal rights to do that because no one is living in it. But um, it's the whole idea of like, how can we make these a viable, livable option is what we're working towards. So it's been a wild ride for the past few years. Has there ever been a point when you have said, what the heck was I thinking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, yeah. <laughs> There's, I, had a, I had one of those like corporate breakdowns, like, I need a job. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you know, I did a freak out and I ended up in Boston for three months. <laughs> oh, wow. It's so funny when you have these crises, you get out of town. Get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> I, go and get I tough, do. It's so going. funny. Like, I'm all about like, let's go. But Atlanta said, no, Will, you're coming back here you don't have to stay here all the time but you're gonna be here okay <laughs> gonna be so here. that is my that is that, that is my commitment to atlanta atlanta is home base but like like recently i was in tanzania so and i'm hoping uh you know i'm gonna be let's see i mean i have so many trips this year um i'm hoping to get to amsterdam because they have this off-grid neighborhood that i'd love to get to and tour because i think that's another definite possibility for our tiny house communities where you look at gray water systems you look at hydroponics you look at all these other different cool factors that could be incorporated into our builds um that i want to study and understand what else could we be doing and who else do we need to be bringing into this conversation yeah right on. um so atlanta is home um i i need to travel more to different spots in the states to see more uh you know probably obviously west coast because they seem to just be a lot more open to the idea um west coast is the best coast. but you know we're slowly chipping away down down south so um what's the name of that amsterdam community you were talking about oh of course you would have to ask is me that, that it might right be, is that now like kolstad or something um, like that let me yeah. let me see if i can find it's okay you can send article. you can send it to, to us later in an email or something we'll put it in the show notes no i grab, so it's kind of funny so here i'm flying back from tanzania and I run into someone I know on the plane from Amsterdam, and I'm talking about this whole tiny house build in Tanzania. And the dude I'm sitting next to says, "Hey, you should read this article in Fast Company." And there's the uh, and there was the the neighborhood. Huh. So um, it's called Regen Village. Regen. R e g e n. Regen. R r e g e n Village. Huh. And it's the out up and it's um it, it's quite fascinating. I'm just pulling it up on the Everything is Michelle. grown on site. So you, you have a you have a very I just want to say you have a very, very enthusiastic meetup group. As a matter of fact, uh, you were, for lack of a better term, nominated. Uh, one of your meetup members actually contacted me uh, via Facebook and said if because we we talk on the show about hey listeners who do you want to hear from what kind of stories and what kind of people do you know so I just want to let you know that one of your meetup members reached out to me and said hey nice. this guy is cool this guy is fun and I I have to agree with them you you uh, embody the passion totally and you embody the, the commitment and the conviction that this tiny house movement 
in order to move forward, of course, and become legitimized, um, really needs. And I just want to say I appreciate you and I appreciate your perspective. Oh, thank you so much. It's really, uh, I feel honored that you say that. I didn't even know one of my uh, tiny housers nominated me to talk to y'all. That's how it works. We're, we're also, That's I'm, I'm really also cool. kind of fascinated how, so far, the majority of the people we've talked to in the tiny house movement on this show have been very out and exuberant and passionate and communicative and just kind of very extroverted in their presentation to well, us. Well, I hope that's not accidental because if you're because if I'm booking guests, I definitely want to book the 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 really I guess really so. interesting Yeah, I ones. guess that would be intentional, huh? Or are or are you saying and will maybe you can chime in if you agree or disagree or are you saying that the tiny house movement is filled full of crazy ass people like us? Well, I don't know if it's if they're all lunatics, but the definitely the ones that we have on the show seem to be. I think we pick them. I mean, because I you look at the jamboree, so. it, those were what seemed to, to be to me For more sure. introverted pe- people. Oh, really? A lot of them. The we ones on the show? No, no, oh, no. Oh, the no, ones no. walking yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So people yeah. interested in the general sense mm-hmm. tend to be more introverted. That's true. Anti-status well, think, You mm. know, I mean, who wants to be normal? I mean, that's just boring. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so. I mean, you know, I have to say, like, it's kind of funny. You said that, like, every time I do something, I seem to have to leave the country or leave. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I noticed I do that. I was, like, looking at my patterns of, like, what I do in my life. And it is kind of up and just go <laughs> and just let the world decide what happens. <laughs> so, I get tattoos. Uh, <laughs> what did you say? She gets I, tattoos. I get tattoos. <laughs> Shit hits the fan. I get a tattoo. <laughs> Well, it's uh, not a fan tattoo. <laughs> I, I just have my one. I, I, I want to get more, but, you know. Send us a picture oh, of your this, tattoo. You'd like this. So here I'm sitting in Tanzania, uh, and I'm looking at this mountain, and I'm like, I've seen this ma- mountain before. Oh, no. Where have I seen this oh, mountain? No. And then I look at my tattoo, <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. The mountain I'm staring at right now is on my arm. And I'm like, this is so fucking weird. So that is I'm like, so if, epic. If, if it's not supposed to happen, I didn't know what. I mean, that was just so crazy. I'll send you the picture. Please. I did a comparison do. side oh, by nice. side. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. The tattoo and the mountain range. Please do send that, that is, to us. That is very cool. I appreciate Thank that you. very much. All right. Yay. Awesome. Well, William, it's been great having you on the show. Great uh, conversation. Thank you so much for being here. And, um, we didn't ask this in the last show we just recorded. Who are we talking with next week? Because we don't know. Oh, we don't know. Okay. No. But it's going to be somebody <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> and extroverted. took a vacation. So our scheduler's back from vacation, and, and we'll be getting right on that. Our massive staff. <laughs> Ooh, can, <laughs> I, can I do a quick plug? Yeah. yeah. Sure. For uh, Tiny House. Yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. So if uh, anyone's interested in what we're doing, visit tinyhouseatlanta.com. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at tinyhouseatl. Um, and if you have any questions, you can find me at will at tinyhouseatlanta.com. All right, there you go. And okay. we also include the link on the show notes as well. So we'll include the links to your websites on the show notes and and um, and the photos and the photos and, the and all that fun stuff. Including so, yeah, that thank you I'll very send you much. some more photos too. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. Have a great. Uh, it's noon there. Have a great afternoon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Good one. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. 
please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or whatever. You tiny house loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 